0: I now can sing since I've been redeemed. I'm on the everlasting, everlasting rock. I faith in Christ,
1: my Redeemer King.
0: I'm on the
1: everlasting, everlasting rock.
0: This is the voice of hope. Then roll, roll, billows roll. I'm on the everlasting
2: rock of ages. Roll, roll
1: on the everlasting rock.
3: The
2: Lord's our rock, in Him we hide, a shelter in the time of storm. Seek your whatever ill be tied, a shelter in the time of storm. Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a shelter in the time of storm. A shade by day, defense by night, a shelter in the time of storm. No fears, alarm, no. A shelter in the time of storm. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary land, a weary land, a weary land. Oh, Jesus is a rock in a weary
1: land, a shelter in the time of storm.
2: Shelter
3: in the time of
4: Thank you, men, for that important reminder. We do live in stormy and troubled times, don't we? But I'm so glad that I have Jesus as my shelter, and I hope He's your shelter, too. This is The Voice of Hope, and I'm J. Mark Horst, the Bible teacher for this weekly program. Like you, I've been following the terrible events happening in Israel and in Gaza. But you know, there are also wars in Ukraine, Sudan, Yemen, Congo, and a host of other troubled parts around the world. The reports of the atrocities committed by Hamas in southern Israel almost defy belief. But you know, the proof is there and it's undeniable. And I believe there's no other way to describe it than demonic. You know, Satan hates all human beings, because we're made in the image of God. But I believe he has a particularly virulent hatred for the Jewish people. He's tried for millennia to destroy them, and he has failed at every turn. He knows that if he can destroy God's ancient, chosen, earthly people, and render God's promises null and void, then he can prove that God is not trustworthy. And if God isn't trustworthy, then God isn't really God. He's not in control. He's not all-powerful. But as Christ followers, you and I know that Satan ultimately will be defeated. Hallelujah. Revelation 12.12 says, Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and the sea, for the devil has come down to you, having great wrath, because he knows that he has a short time. I don't presume to know exactly where we are on God's timeline of history or end time events, but I do know this, we're closer to the end now than what we've ever been before. Evil has been present in humanity since the fall of Adam and Eve, but today it's so very visible, very much in your face. I believe Satan is displaying his great wrath. Furthermore, Jesus said in Matthew 24, Take heed that no one deceives you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, But the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, and earthquakes in various places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. We are living in times like Jesus described. But let's trust him and not be troubled. If you're hearing the voice of hope for the first time, you need to know that this weekly Bible teaching program is produced by Heralds of Hope. We're an international media ministry, and we share the good news of Jesus Christ around the world in English and 25 other languages. And so the teaching you hear on this program is used by translators and producers in various places around the world to create our international program, Hope for Today. On today's program, here on The Voice of Hope, we're beginning a study in the Gospel of Mark. So my teaching today will be an introduction of the book. That will make the teaching time a bit shorter than normal, but that gives me an opportunity to share some listener responses with you. The book of Revelation also tells us of a time when people from all ethnic groups will gather and worship around God's throne. One of the exciting things about that is through your prayers and financial support for Heralds of Hope, you are helping to increase that future throng of worshipers. You say, really? Yes, really. I want you to listen to this testimony from a person who listens to our Oromo language programs in Ethiopia. They called on the phone to talk to the team that produces these broadcasts. And incidentally, the Oromo-speaking people of Ethiopia are predominantly Muslim. How are you, dear brothers and sisters? Blessed be the name of God. Your teachings on the radio have changed my life. I have invited two people to follow your program and their lives have been changed also. I have learned how to commit my life faithfully and righteously to God from your program. God bless you. And then here's another listener who responded via social media. The program teachings are full of education. Please pray for our country's peace. I live in a very difficult place, but I am always strong in the Lord because of your messages of hope. There is no church in my area so I get the word of God from your program. Because of this, I've called you several times. Please try to add some more time, and please pray for me to be safe. Changed lives in troubled times and in troubled places. That's the result of the power of the gospel and the teaching of God's word. And you know, while many people in the Western world seem to have little or no interest in the scriptures and Bible teaching, There are many in other parts of the world who are spiritually hungry and who are asking for more, just like the response I read a few moments ago, where the listener said, please try to add more time to your programs. Now, just before my introduction to the Gospel of Mark, here are the men to encourage us with their song.
0: The Bible tells us of those fiery trials that will try our faith down here. We're told to never think that this is strange or that our hearts be filled with fear. He'll be with us in our darkest hour. He'll be our strength and guard us with His power. No evil can befall us that He can see us through. He saw Daniel through the lion's den The Hebrew children through the fire back then He brought Joseph from a slave to Egypt's throne He gave songs to Paul and Silas Walked Peter through the prison gates He's the same God today He will always be that way No matter what you're facing, he will carry you through. My friend, when troubles come along the way, there's no doubt they surely will. But don't you ever think that this is strange, but let your heart just trust him still. There will never be. Trial your face without the presence of his amazing grace he will place no burden on you that he can't see you through He helped David David kill the lion and bear, helped Jonah get up out of there. He took Moses through the sea to the other side. He sent fire to help Elijah, made the sun stand still for Joshua. He's the same God today. He will always be that way No matter what you're facing He will carry you through He saw Daniel through the lion's den The Hebrew children through the fire back then He brought Joseph from a slave to Egypt's throne He gave songs to Paul and Silas Walk Peter through the prison gates He's the same God today He will always be that way No matter what you're facing He will carry you through No matter what you're facing He will carry you through
4: For the past few years, in the month of April, Heralds of Hope has sponsored a five-kilometer race as a fundraiser for the ministry. Now, my wife and I, were not runners, but we joined in to show our support. We've actually served as sweepers a couple of times now. We make sure that all the runners have cleared the course, and we can also pick up any trash that's left behind. Of course, that means we always finish last, but that's okay. We get to encourage the runners and we also get some exercise. Now, like most races, this one begins with these familiar words On your mark, get set, go. You know that sentence has been used to start races since the 1800s. And of course, the mark is the starting line. All the runners start from the same place. And that prevents any one runner from having an unfair advantage. Get set means the runners are to be prepared because the race is just about to start. And then the command to go is usually signaled by a shout, a shot from a starting pistol, a whistle, or some other loud noise. Now, as I promised you last week on this episode of The Voice of Hope, we're beginning a study of the Gospel of Mark. And that's why I've titled today's episode, On Your Mark. If you're a regular listener then you know by now how much I stress the importance of understanding the background and the context of the scripture. So many errors and false teaching result from a careless handling of the Bible. One of the challenges we face in our understanding is that the Bible was written in a culture that's significantly different from ours. Now that doesn't mean it's irrelevant, because the Bible is timeless, it's universal. It just means we need to work harder to understand what the writer wanted to communicate to his original audience. Once we understand the message, then we can make applications to our time and our place. So this episode will explore some of the background material that will help to enhance our understanding of Mark's gospel. If you're a Bible reader, then you already know that Mark's version of the gospel story is very different from the accounts of Matthew and Luke. These three are often referred to as the Synoptic Gospels. In the word synoptic, sin means together and optic means seeing. So we're seeing the Gospels together. When we lay these different accounts side by side and compare them, it highlights their differences but then it also shows us many points of agreement. It's kind of like interviewing witnesses to the same event. Depending on their perspective or their vantage point, they will highlight different observations, different things they've seen. Now, aside from the Apostle John, we know more about Mark than any other of the Gospel writers. We know that he was sometimes referred to as John Mark, and sometimes just John, as in Acts 13.5. He was the son of Mary, a woman who must have had significant wealth, because she hosted the budding Jerusalem church in her house. And some scholars believe that Mary's house was the location for the Last Supper. You might also recall that when Peter was miraculously released from prison by the angel, he went to Mary's house. You can read about that in Acts chapter 12. And the church was gathered there praying for Peter's deliverance. We learn from that same account that one of the servants recognized Peter's voice in the darkness when he showed up and knocked at the gate. Evidently, Peter was that well-known in Mark's house, and it was very possible that Mark was converted under Peter's preaching. I say that because later in his first epistle, Peter refers to Mark as my son. So this close connection suggests that Peter was the source of much of what Mark wrote, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And it also seems that Mark was present at the arrest of Jesus. He makes a rather cryptic reference to this in Mark chapter 15 and verses 51 and 52. And then according to Acts 13, John Mark accompanied Paul and Barnabas on part of their first missionary journey. For some unknown reason, he didn't finish the journey, but he returned to Jerusalem. Later on, that incident caused the division between Paul and Barnabas. Paul refused to have John Mark on his mission team because he thought he was unreliable. So Paul chose Silas for his second journey, and Barnabas chose Mark, according to Acts chapter 15. Now we do know that over time, this rift was healed because Paul wrote very highly of John Mark in his final letter to Timothy actually the final letter, we believe, of his life. The consensus of the early church fathers was that Mark wrote the gospel that bears his name. Justin Martyr referred to the gospel of Mark as the memoirs of Peter, and early church tradition accepted Rome as the place where Mark's gospel was written. In chapter 15, Mark mentions that Simon of Cyrene was the father of Rufus, And according to Romans 16.13, Rufus was a prominent member of the church in Rome. So there are things like this in this letter that support the conclusion that the Gospel of Mark was written in Rome. Now Mark's writing was designed primarily for a Gentile audience, so he doesn't quote the Old Testament nearly as much as Matthew and Luke did, and there's no record of any of Jesus' genealogy. In some places, Mark used Latin terms rather than Greek equivalents, and when he used Aramaic terms, he translates them for his readers. He also reckons time, according to the Roman system, and he carefully explains Jewish customs because they may have been unfamiliar to his readers. It's hard to pin down a definitive date for the time of the writing, but Mark's gospel was most surely written before the destruction of the temple in AD 70 and our inability to pinpoint the exact time this was written doesn't affect the legitimacy of the text or its place in what we call the biblical canon. There's another distinctive of Mark's gospel, its style. You notice this right up front. The word immediately or straightway, depending on which version you use, along with the synonyms of those two words, are found about 40 times throughout this book. Mark's goal seems to be conciseness and brevity. And so he omits the long discourses that are found in the other gospels. And he also does something else. He highlights more of what Jesus did than what Jesus taught. And he expresses more clearly the humanity of Christ. He shows us Jesus' emotions and the limitations of his physical body. Matthew's gospel presents Jesus as the king, but Mark reveals him as Jesus, the suffering servant. That's the title. I've chosen for this series of teaching from Mark's Gospel. In Mark chapter 10 and verse 45, we have what I believe is the key verse of the entire book. There Jesus said this, For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life a ransom for many. Over a third of the book, that is chapters 11 to 16, deal with just a small fraction of Jesus' earthly life. The last week. Three times, in three consecutive chapters, chapters 8, 9, and 10, Mark pictures Jesus informing his disciples of his great sacrifice and his ultimate victory. In each of those chapters, his disciples either rejected the teaching altogether, or they showed that they were concerned with other matters. As Jesus prepared to perform the greatest service in the history of the human race, his disciples seemed to only think about themselves their position, their safety. Now, because you and I are human also, we find ourselves struggling with the same things that they did. We're more focused on self-preservation and comfort than we are on sacrificial service. And so the challenge Jesus presents to us in the book of Mark is to break out of those patterns of self-absorption and learn how to give ourselves in service and love to others, just like Jesus did. And then Mark records many miracles that Jesus performed, and he does that to illustrate both his power and his compassion. You know, it's a supreme irony that that power and compassion culminated in his suffering, death, and resurrection. And so what looked like a total defeat from a human perspective became the pathway to eternal life for all of us who place our faith in him. So by God's grace and the enabling of the Holy Spirit, My goal in this series of study will be to bring us face-to-face with our own reactions to Jesus and his ministry. I believe Jesus calls you and me as his followers to break out of our patterns of self-centeredness and to give ourselves in love and service to those around us. So let's yield ourselves to the work of the Holy Spirit as he conforms us more fully to the image of Jesus, the suffering servant. I hope you can join me each week as we go through our study in the Gospel of Mark. As we do that, let's follow the advice of the choir as they sing.
1: Dear Spirit, lead me to the Savior's side where my poor soul
4: Today's teaching has informed and encouraged you. If you'd like to review this teaching or share it with someone, you may request a copy. It's available either in print or as a digital audio file. Ask for it by its title, On Your Mark. And if you have a comment or a suggestion, feel free to reach out to us with those things too. Now, the easiest way for you to connect with us is by using our email address hope at That's h-o-p-e at heraldsofhope.org. Or pick up your phone and call us toll-free at 866 960 And of course, you can mail your request or your comment to The Voice of Hope, Box 3, Breezewood, Pennsylvania, 15533. And here's something that may interest you. Each week we send out an email to our email subscribers and that email contains a link to the current radio program. That way, you can listen to the teaching whenever you want to and you don't have to arrange your schedule so you can hear the program at a certain time on the radio. We also have a call-in number where you can use your phone to access the program. The number to call to listen to the program is 717 790 5503. Again, that's 717-790-5503 to call in and access The Voice of Hope. You can also review today's teaching or listen to archived programs by logging onto our website, heraldsofhope.org. While you're on the site, you can subscribe to our newsletter, you can listen to additional episodes of teaching, and you can even purchase helpful resources. So check it out at heraldsofhope.org. To help this ministry financially, you can send a check by mail, or you can donate securely online at our website, heraldsofhope.org. You can also call our toll-free number, 866-960-0292, to donate via credit or debit card. God's grace, accompanied by your fervent prayers and your generous financial support, Will enable the voice of hope to be on the air until Jesus comes in the air. Now, don't forget to join me next week for the voice of hope. Lord willing, we'll continue this new series of study from the Gospel of Mark. And until we meet again.
3: show sure.